Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Mac Dominic continues his look at how Genesis is the foundation of our faith. Watchmen on the Wall is here to bring clarity to the chaos and encourage us that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Some of the ways we do that is with our free e-newsletter, A Moment of Prophecy. Timely articles and messages of hope and encouragement delivered to your inbox. Sign up today to start getting a Moment of Prophecy e-newsletter. Visit swrc.com or simply call 1-800-652-1144. We are just under a month away from our next in-person conference. This is a huge conference featuring 12 speakers over two full days. Friday and Saturday, March 25th and 26th in Tri-Cities, Tennessee. Get all the details by visiting the events page of our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com and click on events. The Tri-Cities, Tennessee Mega Conference, March 25th and 26th. Registration is free, but seating is limited. So be sure and register today. swrc.com. James Collins continues his conversation with Mac Dominic about the war against God, war against man, and from the flood to Babel. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Watchman on the Wall. I'm James Collins, and today I'm continuing a conversation with Mac Dominic about the book of Genesis. If you missed our last program, you missed some excellent Bible teaching. Let me remind you that all of our programs are archived at swrc.com. So if you missed part one of our conversation, go check out our previous episode at swrc.com. Mac is back again today to talk about his three-volume DVD set called Genesis, The Foundation of Our Faith. Mac, welcome back. Thanks for being on the show with me again today. Thank you, James. Well, last time we were mainly in Genesis chapter 1. Let's talk about Genesis chapter 3, where Satan declared war on mankind by deceiving Eve. But Adam willfully sinned, correct? Absolutely. The key to that entire scenario, as far as Adam and his wife are concerned, is that Eve was deceived by the serpent. He fooled her. He tricked her. And Eve did not go into sin with her eyes wide open. She was lied to. She believed the lie and fell into sin. However, Adam, on the other hand, was not lied to. Adam went in with his eyes wide open, and he partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil with his eyes wide open, knowing full well what he was doing. And the bottom line is, he loved Eve more than he loved God. This was the first case of worshiping the creature over the Creator. There's no question about it. Eve was deceived. Adam went in with his eyes wide open. I want to talk about Genesis 3.15, Mac. That's a very, very important and profound verse. Would you unpack that verse for us? It's very important and very profound. It speaks of the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. The thing about this is, is this begins the story of redemption. Because God said, speaking to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and you shall bruise his heel, and he shall bruise your head. And I know there's a little bit of paraphrase there, but it gives us 
the thought here that there will be offspring of the woman and there will be offspring of the serpent. And the offspring of the woman will have his heel bruised, but the offspring of the serpent will have his head crushed. So basically, this is declaring a war between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. And the offspring of the woman will win the war. There is a promise that the offspring of the serpent will be defeated. Now, this begins the story of redemption and runs the entire course of the Bible. And if we look at the Bible as a cohesive, unified whole, if we look at it as a story, we see this follow through with the account of the Tower of Babel, because there we see that God had to divorce himself from humanity as a whole, but God chose Abraham as his seed, as the offspring of the woman. God chose Abraham and as result Israel to be the path by which the serpent's head would be bruised or crushed. And we see the seed of the serpent, the offspring of the serpent, illustrated here at the Tower of Babel as humanity chose to follow a different path than choosing to follow the creator God that created the universe. And so we see the story go through the Tower of Babel, and we see it come to the birth of Jesus Christ as the one that would supply the redemption and start the bruising and be the one whose heel is bruised and be the one that starts the crushing of the serpent's head. But if we back up to Abraham and we look at God's promise to Abraham, God told Abraham to look at the stars and so shall your seed be or so shall your offspring be. This is what Genesis 3.15 was really talking about. And in Second Temple Judaism, when you look at what they wrote in the Second Temple period after the return from the exile, they look at this passage as somewhat of cosmic theology or a theosis where the seed of the woman would become divine. And we know through Jesus Christ, those that put their faith and trust in him, God makes righteous, not through any righteousness of our own, but God makes believers righteous. When all of these problems that we see in Genesis 1 through 11, these three rebellions we see with the rebellion of Satan and the fall of man, with the rebellion of the sons of God in Genesis 6 and the rebellion at the Tower of Babel, that is all reversed in the millennial reign of Christ. Those of us that believe the seed of the woman that is ransomed by the God-man that comes to establish his kingdom, when we are ransomed and we are raised from the dead and given perfected bodies, we see that idea of theosis of the star as coming like the stars of the heaven and ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ for a thousand years and then being ushered into the New Jerusalem at the end of the thousand years and becoming God's family for eternity, which is what God 
had purposed from the very beginning of time till Adam rebels. Do you believe the conditions on the new heaven and new earth will be like the conditions in the Garden of Eden? I believe that the millennium will be the start of the restoration mm -hmm. of the Garden of yes. Eden. You know, I think that we as Christians, unfortunately, we come to church and even the adults listen to their third grade Sunday school lesson over and over every Sunday, and we get this nice little story about Adam and Eve in the garden and how, you know, they were tiptoeing through the tulips and singing <laughs> tra-la-la all along. And No, we don't grasp, number one, that Eden was more than a garden. Mm -hmm. Number one, it was a mountain because we read in Ezekiel 24, 24, 28, when it speaks about the fall of Lucifer, about the mountain of God and then how God established Mount Zion and all of those things. We don't grasp that Eden was more than just a garden. It was the presence of God on earth. It was God's dwelling place on earth. It didn't include the whole earth, but it was God's holy mountaintop where Adam and Eve dwell and could experience the very presence of God and other holy beings that were there. Because, again, that's why Eve didn't run away when she saw the tempter come after her, because she was accustomed to seeing semi-divine beings in the Garden of Eden. And we lose all that, and we don't grasp that, because we don't read the entire Old Testament. We don't let the New Testament complete what is written in the Old Testament. And so we don't understand what Eden really was. And when we read in Isaiah about the millennial reign of Christ, when the lion and the wolf will lay down together, when the lion will eat straw, when the child will play on the hole of the adder, all of those things that we read, the curse will be lifted as we read in Romans chapter 7. It says, you know, the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, but there's coming a day yes. when the groaning and travailing will cease. We don't have a grasp what it all means. Eden will be restored in the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus Christ will sit on his throne on God's holy mountain, Mount Zion, and the nations will come and worship him. Eden will be restored, unfortunately, when Satan is released at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, then we'll see people that never had the heart, were, they were only going through the motions, but Eden will be restored, the curse will be lifted, the climate of earth will be changed back to what it was. All of those things, it will be Eden restored during the millennium and the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem will come down and it will be a reign of God for eternity with those that have believed throughout the ages and we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. It's going Glory. to be so wonderful. Now, Mac, we could talk all day about Genesis 6, but let's take a few minutes to discuss that important chapter. Would you explain who were the sons of God, who were the daughters of men, and who were the Nephilim? Yes, the sons of God were a group of watcher angels that descended to Mount Hermon. Now, we're told in the book of Enoch that that happened during the days of Jared, Enoch's father. 
Enoch was the seventh from Adam, I believe. Mm-hmm. So in the sixth generation from Adam, that event occurred according to the book of Enoch. Now, we have to be careful because the book of Enoch is not inspired scripture, but it is given credibility by Jude and quoted by Peter right. in the New Testament. So we do want to be careful and say, well, you know, we can't say this is exactly how it happened, but we know that in Genesis 6, we are given a 50,000-foot view of what happened, and we are told there were giants in the earth in those days. Now, that word giants in our Bibles is translated giants because The translators of our English Bibles often consulted the Septuagint over the Hebrew text because there were things in the Hebrew text that were not as clear for us. So they translated that word giants from the Septuagint. However, in the Hebrew Bible, that word is Nephilim. And what we see, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and these watcher angels descended to the earth and they took wives of human women and they engendered a generation of offspring that were not totally human but they were hybrid demigods if we want to use demigods if we want to use that word when we look at the ancient world they were hybrid beings that were half angel half human being and those were the nephilim So the sons of God were full-fledged angels that embodied and came to earth and decided they wanted to procreate. They took wives of human women and engendered a race of offspring that were called Nephilim in the Hebrew Bible, giants in the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible. And so people need to not be confused because a lot of folks get confused and called the sons of God the Nephilim. No, the Nephilim were the offspring of the sons of God and human women. Now, the literal translation on the daughters of men was the daughters of Adam, so that included all human women, so it wasn't a specific group of human women, but they chose wives of the females of the human race to have their offspring. Every time I mention on this program something about the sons of God and the Nephilim, I will get calls and I will get emails and I will get letters from people that say the sons of God are a reference to the godly line of Seth having children with pagan women. So help me out. How would I answer those people when they call and they write in? First of all, the early church fathers, Arrhenius and others, Polycarp, those that were associated with the apostles, all wrote of the sons of God being angels, without exception. We saw the first reference to being the line of Seth from Ephraim the Syrian, who wrote a lot of good things as a church father, but he was the only one that wrote. He came up with this idea of the line of Seth, and then that was embraced by Augustine, and Augustine made it very popular throughout the Roman Catholic world, and then the Protestant world, They just adopted what Augustine wrote about it. The reality is that it makes no sense whatsoever. You can't get that from the text. There is no place in Genesis that prohibited 
the line of Seth from intermarrying with the line of Cain. And I'm sorry, I need to back up and say the the theory says that the line of Seth intermarried with the line of Cain, and they produced giants. There is no biological reason for that to happen. There is no divine edict that says the line of Seth was not intermarried with the line of Cain. Adam and Eve had multiple children Mm -hmm. that we are not aware of, so how in the world are you going to just take one line and say, this is what happened? And so there is no accounting of that. That is a complete fabrication that departs from the text. If it's one thing that we need to learn as Christians, that we need to stick to the text. We have to do our homework, do our research, and try to do our best to stick to what the text says. And the Old Testament text is what we really need to get a good grasp on. And when we stick to the text, you in no way can come up with this idea of intermarriage between the line of Seth and the line of Cain. It just doesn't hold water. Mac, what's the next project that you're working on? I am working on a project that encompasses a lot of what we've talked about. It's entitled Deliver Us From Evil. We're going to do the three rebellions of Genesis. We're going to equate that to pagan religions and try to get a grasp on who the sons of God are. We're going to look at the book of Enoch that names them. Then we're going to look at the Greek gods, the Norse gods, the Canaanite gods that are mentioned in the Bible. And the whole reason for this is that we want to be able to know our enemy. Because if you don't know the enemy and don't understand the strategy of the enemy, it is very difficult to come up with your own strategy by following the Bible to know what you're up against and combat it. And so therefore, we're going to look at exactly who these entities were. We're going to look at them in the way that the ancient cultures looked at them. In other words, we Christians seem to have the idea when we read about Baal worship and the worship of Ashtara and the gods of the Old Testament, we seem to have the idea that these ancient people were just gullible individuals who were using their imagination and weren't smart enough to figure out that these things weren't real, that they ended up talking to their imaginary friends. No, that's not the case at all. The ancient people were very intelligent people. There were very intelligent people worshipping Chemosh and Milcom and Ashtaroth and Baal and all of these false gods, and there were reasons for that. So we're going to look into that. We're going to look into what happened to these gods, what their role is going to be in the future, and then how God is going to reverse the three rebellions of Genesis 1 through 11. When that project's finished, Mac, I hope you'll come back on the Watchman on the Wall to share with us again. You can count on it, James. Get the complete two-day conversation on Genesis, the foundation of our faith, on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today in the Resource Center, we have Mac Dominic's three-DVD set, Genesis, the foundation of our faith. This set includes the war against God, Satan's war against man, and from the flood to Babel. 
Call 1-800-652-1144 and order your three DVD set today. Genesis, the foundation of our faith DVD set by Mac Dominic. Call 1-800-652-1144 or you can order anytime online swrc.com. In-person conferences have recently been added to Anchorage, Alaska and the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. With all the details on all of the conferences, here is staff evangelist James Collins. With all the confusion in the world these days, we here at the Watchman on the Wall work hard to help you make sense of the nonsense. One of the ways that we do that is through our in-person conferences. We have several conferences on the calendar this year. God willing, I hope to meet many of you at our Bible Prophecy Conferences. Now let me run down the list and let me encourage you to get a pen and paper and write down all these dates so you can attend one of our in-person conferences. In January, we had our first conference for 2022 in Lakeland, Florida. It was a wonderful success and it was such a blessing to meet so many people in Lakeland and fellowship with Pastor Larry Lindau and the entire congregation at Cornerstone Baptist Church. We want to thank everyone at WSCB FM 91.3 in Inglewood, Florida for helping to set up that wonderful event. Now our next Bible Prophecy Conference will be held March 25th through the 26th at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. Our sincere appreciation goes out to Pastor Dale Cunningham and everyone at Boone's Creek Bible Church along with the staff of WHCB, The Blessing, 91.5 FM, for all their hard work and dedication in putting this event together. The speakers, the speakers at the Tennessee Bible Prophecy Conference include Kamal Saleem, the former Islamic terrorist turned Christian and best-selling author, Pastor Michael Hoggard, pastor of Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri, and expert on all things UFO, William Federer, Bill Federer is a nationally known speaker, best-selling author, and he is America's best Christian historian. Dr. Rob Linstead, Executive Director of Sunrise Christian Academy and Bible Prophecy Expert. Pastor Greg Patton, Pastor of the Cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and the voice of living in today's world, heard right here on The Watchman on the Wall. Larry Stamm, a Messianic Minister for Christ, Dr. Kenneth Hill, President of Southwest Radio Ministries, Dr. Larry Spargimino, the host of this program, and yours truly, James Collins. More guests are being added to this already incredible lineup, and you don't want to miss this Bible Prophecy Conference March 25th through the 26th at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. On April 21st and 22nd, we will be at the Cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Cross is the church that was founded by Pastor Greg Patton, who is a regular contributor to the Watchman on the Wall with his popular segment, Living in Today's World. We look forward to spending time with Greg, the Congregation of the Cross, and all our listeners who attend this event in Fort Wayne. The Wichita Bible Prophecy Conference will be May 5th and the 6th at the Sunrise Christian Academy in Bel Air, Kansas. Special thanks to Dr. Rob Lindstedt and everyone at Sunrise Christian Academy for sponsoring this event. No doubt this will be the best conference in Kansas this year. This coming August 19th and 20th, we will be at Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. Bethel Church is located just 40 miles south of St. Louis. 
And we really appreciate Pastor Mike Hoggard for hosting this conference, and we're excited to be back in Missouri. The next Bible Prophecy Conference on the calendar is scheduled for September 16th and 17th at Christ Church in Yukon, Oklahoma. Pastor Clay Parrott and everyone at Christ Church has been so great in helping us put this conference together. We really, really appreciate all their support. God willing, our second annual Las Vegas Prophecy Conference will be held once again at the Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're looking forward to seeing Pastor Billy Crone and everyone in Las Vegas. Pastor Billy Crone has an amazing Bible prophecy ministry, and you'll be blessed at this conference that's going to be held at his church. We hope this event will be even more successful than last year's. Now, these are only the events that we have confirmed. Our staff is working to put together more Bible prophecy conferences all around the United States. If you missed any of those dates or you'd like more information on any one of these conferences, you can call 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number for more information is 1-800-652-1144. Or you can find information online about all our conferences at our website, swrc.com. All of these events are free, but you must register. And you can register now by calling our toll-free number 1-800-652-1144 or you can register online at swrc.com. There are so many exciting things happening here at Southwest Radio Ministries. I, for one, am really excited about these in-person conferences and we've lined up some great speakers. Now, I can't share all the details yet because all the speakers have not been officially confirmed, but let's just say you don't want to miss any one of these events. Before I go, I have two favors to ask of you. First, I'd like to ask you to pray. I believe that God is on the throne and prayer changes things, so I ask you to pray for our ministry. Since 1933, Southwest Radio Ministries has worked to share the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to teach God's Word. Will you please pray for wisdom and guidance as our staff works as we continue this incredible ministry? Second, will you contact me? Listener support determines what radio stations we remain on and which ones we leave. So I need to hear from you. You can email me at info at swrc.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at swrc.com. Or you can write to me, James Collins, at P.O. Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73147. That address, once again, is P.O. Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73147. Or call. Our toll-free number, again, is 1-800-652-1144. I really want to hear from you. If you're listening right now, would you take a moment and contact me and let me know where you're listening and what radio station you're listening to? And would you also consider giving a gift to Southwest Radio Ministries? Once again, to let us know you're listening and to give a financial gift, just call 1-800-652-1144 or go to our website, swrc.com. Thank you, and God bless you for supporting your Watchman on the Wall. Today in the Resource Center, we have Mac Dominic's three-DVD set, Genesis, The Foundation of Our Faith. This set includes the war against God, Satan's war against man, and from the flood to Babel. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order your three-DVD set today. 
That's 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Friday, a very timely program with David Bay, examining Russia at war. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Dot com.